He has no, he has no. There is a child in one billion smoothie pieces. It's really just all liquid. It's one liquid. Okay, it's one liquid. It's one giant human smoothie up there. What else am I supposed to think at this point? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. My name is Alon and I finally watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. My name is David, and I also finally watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. So this is definitely a horror movie that we probably should have seen a long, long time ago. Even for someone who, like me, hates horror movies, this was not frightening in the least. Actually, there are some such like cool scenes in this film um, that I'm mad at myself that I didn't watch this sooner because... Just just the mirror, like how they pulled off some of these things or how I guess they pulled off some of these things um, had to be like the coolest shit back in 1984. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have good reason on why I didn't watch it. I, I don't really like horror movies. And this is like, a, you know, Freddy Krueger is like the Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, like, all those guys is stemming from this same era of horror. Um, but unlike, I feel like Friday the 13th and Halloween, a nightmare on Elm street is a much more comedic franchise than those. So there were a lot of parts in this where I was just like, that's okay, I guess. And there are a lot of parts where I was like, Holy shit. That's awesome. And even though I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the Scream episode, I forgot that Wes Craven did this. But you can definitely tell this is a Wes Craven movie because, like, just like Scream, is the, there's just some, like, almost comic gore in it. You know what I mean? It's like the type right. of gore. Uh, Ashley was just the other day. She, she cannot handle blood. And she was watching the new Mortal Kombat because we just got HBO Max. Right. And for some reason, she loves Mortal Kombat. And she was just like, she was like, this thing the is The old so and the new. I think she liked the new one. But she loves the old one. Um, but she was like, this is so gory, but it's like just not even remotely like disgusting to me. And then like, as she said that, like some dude gets stabbed in the eye and blood spurts everyone. She's like, see? Just like, it's so fake. Um, and that's kind of what this is too. Like it, I was never like disgusted by it just because it's at this point, it's what? 30 40 almost 40 years old and you know it doesn't at this point doesn't look real i'm sure it looks pretty real back then but weren't you uh weren't you born around the same time i was born after this slightly slightly um but like i said so there were some the, some parts were like yeah that's whatever and then there's some parts are like that's really cool and in fact like i never really get scared in movies but there were some points in this where like i could feel like the chill you know what i mean on my skin like i was like so that's uh, fun. What what points? Now I'm curious. I think it was when I think it was in the beginning when like I think Freddie is like uh just whispering Tina. Like whispering oh. to her as she's like in a in her dream, I think is what it was. And just it was kind of like the whole the whole mood of it. like oh it might have also been cold in the room I was watching it in, so maybe that had something to do with it. For for me, first of all, I like how the movie thinks that we as the audience don't know when it's a dream. 
and yet there's like an excess amount of fog everywhere. It's like, yeah, that's a dream. Um, I will. One, one point where like the dream thing didn't seem to matter towards yes, the end. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. That's definitely a, a part that I, I want to talk about, um, elaborate more on. But uh, with the Tina part, I have to say after Tina died, I feel like there's some scenes of um, what's her main character name? Our girl name? Nancy. Nancy. That's right. I feel like there's some parts where Nancy sees Tina dead that for me was spookier or creepier than the Freddy parts um, where she's like bloodied up in the body bag. I'm like, that's creepy as shit. And then Freddie's like out there with his knife hand. So I was like, I don't care. You know what's funny though? And what <laughs> I don't want to spoil it until we get to it. One of them's really bad. But the, at one point you hear Tina's voice whispering to Nancy, and it's when Nancy's running up the stairs and she's stepping and basically like I think it was like pancake mix or like oatmeal that they used to for for her to be gloshing and sloshing into the stairs. Yes. But if you if you you hear Tina whispering. And then Freddy Krueger pokes his face through the glass and then removes skin. I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be Tina's face. Yes. But it's so like poor, like it just looks so poor that I'm like, it's not effective. No, and 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 part of that, um part of what takes me out of it is the 80s effects. Um which I really tried hard to like look past that being like, okay, I'm just supposed to like buy into this. Um, and you can see sometimes they know it's bad. That's why it's like quick shots of it, or they try to hide it with like lighting um, or they try to shoot it like from a very, you know, uh, far distance, but for what they are trying to get out of the audience, I feel like it, that part hasn't aged well. Right. And uh, one thing, I didn't do like a lot of research because I started looking, there's just too much shit on this. But the Wes Craven actually wanted Freddy Krueger to look much like gorier and more gruesome. And the guy in charge of like the prop guy or the costume designer, whatever, was just like, it's going to look so fake if you if we try and do that. And we could try and do a puppet, but that's going to look even worse. So they just like had to scale it back just because technology, they couldn't make it work. I've seen so many reviews of, of A Nightmare on Elm Street, one, two, three, four, five. there's like seven of these, right? And then there's like the 2010 remakes, yada, yada, yada. Um, it, they get, I'm not talking about the 2010 remakes, but I'm talking about like the- The original, basically, the originals. The, the original series of this. Um, but they get funnier, cornier, as they go on i mean i'm pretty sure in like a nightmare on elm street six they use the nintendo power glove to defeat freddy krueger at the end of it yeah i i did read that too and that that would be interesting i don't know if i have the time to go through all these or the the inclination they're all on hbo <laughs> yeah i don't know i um because i like this this really didn't stand out to me like the exorcist or Halloween where I was like really impressed with them. And also I don't plan on watching the other Halloweens cause well, I'm going to have to cause you're forcing me, but I wouldn't otherwise cause I've heard the trash. Um, but yeah, I don't have the inclination to do this. I was just looking up Friday the 13th too. And that was like 
those are like panned by like the critics, which is, in, I mean, most horror movies are, but these are really badly rated. Um, but I'm sure horror fans love them. Uh, so if you, if we're still doing this in a year and you force me to do Friday the 13th part two or uh, a nightmare on Elm street part two, then I'll do it. But I don't know that I'm going to do it on my own. I think there's a, I think there's um a point that I want to get to doing all the Halloween sequels. I don't really have a point to make by forcing us to watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. So you're in luck. You know what I did read though, which is interesting. I still don't watch it, but the 2010 one was um, Jack Earl Haley plays Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And he, you know, Rorschach from Watchmen. Yeah. And that would be interesting, but I'm still not going to do it. I think he's a great actor. Definitely great at creepy. So for an hour and a half movie of, of which this is, um, I did not actually expect them to fit in a backstory to Freddy Krueger. And the fact that they did it and made it tie in so well, I was actually really impressed. A lot different than the Simpsons backstory too that we got for the, uh, when they did the, the Freddy Krueger episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Simpsons, no, I did not watch the Simpsons growing they up. They weren't allowed to. Um, the Simpsons did like a whole, uh, a whole. Uh, they had like their Halloween episode each year, and they did one where they basically did Freddy Krueger. Um, and so this it gave away some details, but it definitely was a lot different than this. Okay, so um, what was the backstory of the Simpsons? Well, you know the caretaker that worked at uh, Springfield Elementary. Uh, he burned alive in the boiler room because the parents kept turning up the heat and uh, they're at like a PTA meeting and they kept turning up the heat and it burned him alive down there. And then as he comes up, <laughs> he comes up to yell at them. He's like, Oh, your children will die. And then principal Skinner's like, Hey, can you wait your turn? We're in the, you know, we're in the middle of something right here. And then as he's burning alive, he like sits down in a chair and waits his turn. Ah. Um, pretty good. Com- comedy gold right there. Um, the, the, the backstory to this, I kind of like how you know Nancy's mom had something to do with his death. Um, and f- without it explaining it to you, you know that all the other children who died also had their parents something to do with their death. I'm but sure it, that's it didn't go I'm one sure, by one, you know. I'm sure that's explained more in depth. Um, also, Nancy's parents, they're divorced, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I assume so. Then we never get that. They have the same last name st- still, so maybe they're just estranged. But like that, her dad does not live at that house. <laughs> I was, no, he... I, I did. I didn't get that until like close to the end. I was like, oh, that's why she drinks, or maybe that's she drank, she... and maybe she drank, and that's why the marriage ended. Well, either that. Um, I didn't get it around that same part uh, like you did. But the part that gave it away for me was when. Um, she was calling her dad and she's like, you got to get over to the house and you got to break it down if you have to. I was like, why wouldn't he just use the key? Oh, because he doesn't have the key. That's, that's my detective skills. Yeah, that was, we got it at the same place. Um, you want to get into it? Let's get into it. So I like, the, I call it misdirection. Maybe you call it being obvious. But the fact that we are introduced to Tina already in a nightmare being tormented by Freddie. I thought Tina was going to be our main character. I did too. And then it makes so much sense though, after watching scream though, that he would have, you would have the first death and kind of the most gruesome death really. Um, 
be like someone that's not the main character. Uh, Tina also looks so much like Allison Mack from Smallville. Yes. And now, and now jail fame. Yes. Uh, cult fame. Yes. But um, what's interesting about Tina is that she fits like, especially me thinking that she's our main character, thinking that she's the girl that's going to live. She fits like that perfect 80s last girl alive vibe. And then she had sex with her boyfriend, which we all know. Can't fucking do. Can't do that. It's also interesting too that she like, the movie has some, some script problems, I think, because she, you know, after that opening dream sequence, and I, I think the opening of Freddy Krueger, like doing all of his tools was really like creepy and effective. But after, after that opening dream, and then she's talking with Nancy about her dream, Rod, her boyfriend comes up and you think that it's just some dude that hits on her, right? Yeah. The way they describe it. And then he comes over and it's like, oh no, they're actually dating. Yeah. And they like sleep together immediately, very loudly for the whole house to hear. Rod is very verbal. Rod is my favorite character. Um, especially like all of his zingers and one-liners and everything like that. It's just the fucking like typical 80s uh, uh, like uh, what are they called in, in Greece? Jaybirds? I don't fucking know. Okay. Like the, the, the leather jacket, motorcycle wearing 80s guy. I know what Greece is. I just don't know what favorite, it's called. Favorite dude. Favorite dude. And I love the beginning. My two favorite parts of Rod are this. One, where he's like, everyone's like, I had a nightmare last night. And he's like, I had a boner this morning. Had your name on it, Tina. And she's like, well, four letters. I'm surprised it can fit on your joint, Rod. I was like, great, great comeback. Perfect. And then my other one is when he scares Glenn played by Johnny Depp, by the way, uh, where he scares Glenn in, the, in their backyard. And he's like, what are you guys having an orgy or something? And then pulls a fucking knife. No, it was a, it was a, a gardening tool. No, it was a switchblade. Did he also pull a gardening tool? Probably. Okay. Yeah, he came off a little rapey. It's not surprising. He's your favorite character. I, um... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I uh, I also like too though at the very end after they have sex and uh, Rod just lets it slip. He's like, "Well, I had a nightmare too," and she's like, "You had a nightmare?" And he's like, "Yeah, guys can have nightmares too." And then like turns over all mad. <laughs> Rod is a is a sensitive soul. He is surprisingly that rough exterior, um, but yeah. Then this next part is the part where I think's pretty creepy. Uh, the pebble hits the window and Freddie's whispering Tina. Um, and then you see him kind of come through the wall, Nancy. And I guess Freddie's kind of got like an order. He's like, this is, you know, this is the way I have to do this. So I can't go after Nancy first. And then he. Well, what I, I think... thought, I thought the crucifix was a mislead, but maybe he's actually scared of the crucifix. Yeah, I don't but... know. There's a lot of like, yeah. there's a lot of like untapped stuff in this. Um, like that nursery rhyme you could get a lot out of, but I don't, that maybe get, you know maybe gets explored more later on but yeah they mentioned the crucifix in the those, nursery rhyme. those three blonde girls are the ones who fucking summon the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> probably probably they control it all um and then the 
like comically worst part of this movie, which maybe they thought when they're making it in 1984 looked super scary and badass. But when Freddy Krueger's arms grow to the size of the alley, yeah, I was like, that's bad. Yeah, and that comes up quite a bit in like the sequels. I know that for sure. Oh, really? Like they do they do a better job at least? Uh no. But he can he can basically like shape shift. Like he can grow his legs, his arms, his neck. Like I know those are those are like um I'm just gonna call it shape shifting because I don't know what else to call it, but they really explore that power of his later on. You know, if there was a sequel now that kind of took this in kind of like a, you know how Wes Craven's like Scream is like a, is very funny, but also kind of like slashery. Like yeah. I think of the, the Freddy Krueger remake from 2010 seemed kind of, I never saw it, so I don't fucking know. It's a but lot it's, more. Yeah, it seems darker, right? And if they had leaned into like the uh, the kind of comedy horror part of it a little bit, but you know mostly horror i think that might have been better um because it's like a, it's also like a comically like bad and funny chase scene of him chasing tina around and you're like you're kind of like oh this is this is terrible da, 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 da. and then he just slices the shit out of her and like like drags her all over her room like blood everyone like oh wow that took a turn that i guess i should have expected but i thought she was the main character so i didn't <laughs> right and i guess that's the point I guess that's the point. Although I stopped believing that she was our main character as soon as she was, as soon as you could hear what a good time she was having with Rod upstairs. Yeah, main characters don't have good times like that. They really don't. Um, unless you're from It Follows. Um, the part of that scene, which we're talking about right now, um, did you think... Even Rod said if he was fast enough, he felt like he could save her, which I don't believe that. But he took his good, sweet time pulling off the sheet of the bed. No, yeah, yeah. He, he was so confusing. Like, I don't understand. He, first of all, he, like, is laying in bed as this is happening underneath the sheet right next to him. And then he gets out of bed and goes all the way away from it. And then, like, kind of climbs back and, like, pulls the sheet off and then watches that for a few seconds and and then like it's too late it's over you know it's it's i i i did enjoy how he got knocked out from her from her own body i think it was either foot or hand or something i just hit the shit out of him and it's also like as soon as it's over too because this is like it has the supernatural element to it. You're like, oh, well, Rod's got to get the fuck out of there. And Rod knew too. He's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, I'm going to make a connection that probably no one should ever make, nor probably have made. Do you find it funny? So when, and this kind of happened in, in Glenn's death scene too, but they definitely had the bedroom built on like a set soundstage where they could manipulate the, the space around it, right? So obviously when she was quote unquote climbing the wall and being stabbed up on the wall, up onto the ceiling, the room was probably upside down at that point and shot right side up, right? Do I, does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know that for sure. Um, what I find funny is that 
this is the second movie where you manipulate a entire room going upside down that also has to do with dreams and of course the latter one being inception yeah yeah that's true that's true i'm gonna make 24 reasons why inception and nightmare and elm street are the same movie well, I can make a different connection, but mine's a lot uh, more obvious. Do you know who Nancy's father, the cop, what other movie we've done with him in? I knew he looked familiar, but what? Enter the Dragon. Is he the bad guy? No, he's the, no, he's the white guy. He's the other, he's the guy that, uh, you know, there's the white guy, the black guy, and Bruce Lee. Yeah. That are kind of the good guys. Yeah. He's, he's the white one. Oh, well, he's nowhere near of a dumbass in that one as he is in here. Is he a dumbass? Okay, either him or his deputy. I don't know which one is dumber, but one of them is. I like when the deputy's like, yeah, so it's this Rod guy that we're looking for. He's this musician type. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh shit, musician type. Oh no, I meant later on where she's like breaking windows and screaming for her dad and he's like, uh, maybe... Maybe, Maybe I should, should get the get the lieutenant. That's the funniest part to me, specifically when she's like, "Hey, my dad, you asshole!" <laughs> not like, "Not you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, "It's okay, sweetie. It's gonna be okay. You're all right." Right. Um, I have problems with the ending, which I want to talk about in detail. Of course, of course. So we get to the next morning, where the cops come and there's just blood everywhere. Tina's dead. It's all over the news and they can't find Rod because Rod, I guess you don't know at that point, but Rod is, it's booked it. Uh, and Nancy's like, I'm fine to go to school, which it's like weird that she wants to go to school, but also fine. Well, I think, well, because she's been having the dreams the same time as, as, as uh, Tina, she knows that Rod didn't do this. Although it's kind of weird that she knows for sure that Rod didn't do this, right? Right. But she's very confident Rod didn't do this. And the scene with her mom, like, oh, you didn't sleep. She's like, no, I'm fine. And as she like grabs her mom's coffee and starts drinking it, and the mom like grabs it away from her, like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a, it's a good scene. It did leave me this scene and a few after it. Is Nancy a good actress? She's pretty. I guess. I mean, it's just. And therefore, 80s logic, she's a good actress. I guess, yeah. I, there's some. I mean, she probably could have done other takes, but her. All of her, all of her line readings were kind of the same, like, I don't know. Hmm. It, it didn't work for me that well. I, I liked um, when she was. I liked it when she was angry. Like I felt like as the movie progressed, she got to be a better actress. Yeah, that's true. It, in the beginning, some of her normal stuff was just kind of like whatever. Yeah, the, the end, she she is good. Um, and then she gets mad at her dad for setting the trap on Rod, which is like he just was following you because you're friends with Rod. <laughs> like it wasn't uh, like. Yeah, <laughs> another one of my favorite things is when her dad points the gun and she steps in front of it, and he's like, "God damn it." <laughs> He's like, mother <laughs> I wanted to kill that guy <laughs> but you you slightly inconvenienced me <laughs> right and now you, you know you did talk about how it's very obvious they're dreaming but what I do like is that 
it's obvious to the audience, but the dreams aren't that much different. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like a, a snap and they open their eyes or whatever. It's just like, we're kind of in the dream. And so like, it, it may take you a second as the audience to figure it out, but like, like they wanted to make it obvious, but not so obvious, you know? Well, I guess the next time we see her dreaming is when she's at school, right? In like that classroom. And she's obviously dozing off. And then she sees and hears Tina like bloodied up in the body bag. And that's really obvious that she's in a dream. Right. What I'm saying is that they don't have the, oh, her closing her eyes, falling asleep. And you want opening. to like a Wizard of, Wizard of Oz where like everything becomes like black and whites or like the inverse of color and then like the... No, I'm, I'm giving them props for not doing that. I'm giving them props for not having her close her eyes and then her opening them and like looking around and then seeing Tina's corpse. I'm, it's just like she looks over and sees it and she's like, you know, kind of like Inception where they're like, you don't really know when you start. You don't know how you got to where you are in a dream. You just sort of start in the middle. Right. That, you know, it's, it's that thing. I think that that's kind of cool. One of my favorite... Christopher Nolan stole a lot from this movie. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Wes Craven is how he disguises Freddy Krueger and all sorts of things. Um, and just to talk about Scream a little bit, how we, when we did it, um, there was a janitor character in Scream dressed in the green and red sweater of Freddy Krueger. And I believe that was actually Wes Craven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the the funny thing about that is when she's running down the hall hallway, she runs into like a hall pass, a hall monitor or something. Yeah. Bef before the hall monitor became very obvious that that's an iteration of Freddy Krueger, just the fact that she was also wearing a green and red sweater, I was already thinking of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I did. I did like that little touch of it. I mean, in your high school, did you have hall passes and like hall monitors? I, no, but I barely had a high school. So, so we had like passes. Like if you're like, oh, can I go to the bathroom? You would have this thing you would hold. Yes. But there was no one out there. I never understood those passes that were like tied to a plank of wood or like a cinder block or some shit like that. Well, because it's also this thing you're taking to the bathroom as you're peeing or taking a shit. And so it's like just, just passing it back and forth. It's disgusting. But there was no one checking. So if you randomly, even if you randomly walked into like the dean, the dean wasn't like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, that person's going to the bathroom. So it, like the concept never makes sense to me. My, but, my high school was literally like nine classrooms, one hallway. So if you were like caught out in the middle you were just either going to a different classroom or you were going to the bathroom. Right. Um, I, I did wonder why was Nancy going to the basement in her dream? I guess she was following the Tina blood spatters, but it's like, what's the, what are you, what are you doing there? Um, and then he really likes cutting himself in front of them. Like he cut his fingers off for Tina and then he's like stabbing himself for, for Nancy. Um, but I, I, I also really like how quickly she realizes how I get out of this. Yeah, by burning her. But first, she she does a thing which I think Glenn was like, "Oh, just tell yourself it's a dream." Which Glenn, horrible at taking his own fucking advice. Let me tell you, but can give it out. Um, but then she like burns herself and like screams. And then the teacher, after she screams, 
and she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go home. The teacher's like, well, you'll need a hall pass. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think this whole movie is, is built on stupid adults giving stupid advice to even dumber children. Um, but when, when she, okay, so she leaves the school and she like, I forget what happened. She breaks down crying, I think. Right. Right. But she turns around and she sees something or she just cuts to her at her house. The next thing I remember is her going to talk to Rod. I think she like looks around and then kind of gets, we're supposed to get that she has an idea. Oh, and and she she goes to the jail. Yeah. Which no cop in a small town is going to let the Lieutenant's daughter talk to a a murderer. I don't see how that's happening. It seemed like when she went back there with Glenn that night to, to check on Rod, the guy at the front, it seemed like they had a rapport. I feel like it was like a cut scene where she like talked him into her going to see Rod because they felt it felt like he was like, oh, I don't want to do this again during the, yeah, but the you know what I'm talking a- about? Yeah, but it was a different cop in the first scene um, who was at least taking her down there. Now, maybe he was taking orders from the guy up top, but yeah, it could be. Um, And the only important scene, the only important thing we really get about this is Rod saying, oh, it was four simultaneous cuts. And Nancy's like, oh, no. What? (laughs) Right. Um, And so that, you know, and then we also find out that Rod had the dream about Freddy, which we already knew, but now it's just spelled out for the audience that didn't get it. So then um, it was, it's the bathtub scene, right? Yep. And I think that scene is probably one of the most iconic scenes of this movie is where the hand comes up from the water. I am so curious on how they shot that. I did a little reading. I'm surprised you did. I'm surprised you didn't. I think it's because you watched the movie so late in order to do this, but (laughs) yes, um, they, I think what they did is they uh, used like black probably tarps or something to just make it look bottomless. Um, it wasn't actually in the tub, obviously, but they used like in order to, um, they probably had like a glass enclosure. And then in order to make it look completely bottomless, they had like black tarps that covered up like most of the sides and bottom. So that's how they did that shot. That's how they did the pull her in shot. Right. I'm saying, how did they do the hand coming out of the tub shot? Well, her her and Freddie were very close. Okay. Well, um, for, well, for someone who was like, don't fall asleep. Uh, she sure fell asleep fast in that tub. Not only that, her mom woke her up very easily with like just a knock on the door. Right. Yeah. Like she falls asleep and the hand comes through and the mom's like, Hey, don't wake up. You could drown. She's like, what? I'm not going to drown mom. Sh- shut up, mom. You said, don't wake up. You're going to drown. Don't fall asleep. You're going to drown. <laughs> that too um and then she just falls immediately asleep again yeah that was a very cool scene too the getting pulled under that was a cool scene although i was confused on why she was so blase to her mom i think that's because we didn't quite understand the relationship between them at that point but she almost freaking drowned and then her mom opens it and she's already like up with a towel around her She's like, and her mom's like, are you okay? You were screaming. You were calling my name. She's like, 
I'm I'm fine, mom. Jeez, you know. Yeah, but I think like unlike a lot of characters in these movies, Nancy realizes very quickly that no one's going to believe her and they're going to think she's insane. So she's just like, I I can't let my mom know what's going on. I have to keep this to myself. Nancy is actually a lot cooler of a main character in a horror movie than most of these girl last alive girls are. Right. Like how you know- how did Nancy not get a long lasting career as a screen queen, but Jamie Lee Curtis did, you know? Jamie Lee Curtis is pretty talented. And I think Nancy was in a lot of these. Was she? Yeah. I think she was in some of the sequels. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing Jamie Lee Curtis, but I'm saying her character is very like, um, and I'm talking about Jamie Lee Curtis's character was in Halloween and Halloween was very like, um, go get him, I'll do it myself sort of thing. And she built a career on that. And I feel like Nancy's character is also a lot like that. That's the comparison I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. Apparently, Nancy was in Star Trek Into Darkness. Good for you, Nancy. Okay. Um, One thing I wanted to bring up, I don't know why she didn't have a long career. Um, It's probably because we had to have a discussion earlier about whether or not she's a good actress. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. But the scene where they're in the school and she falls asleep really reminded me of It Follows in that, you know, the main character in It Follows sees this old lady in her, in her pajamas walking through the courtyard straight in a straight line towards her. And she, luckily she immediately recognizes this as the, the follows, the it, and gets the fuck out of there. And in this, Nancy's able to wake herself up by burning herself. But if Nancy didn't wake herself up, and if the girl in It Follows didn't get up, they both would have been just murdered in front of all these people. Like, and everyone would have known, like, all right, something's fucking going on. <laughs> like, it immediately, like, so I, I, that, like, was the initial thought I had when I was watching that scene. I thought it was kind of interesting. Freddy is a lot more, I feel like, thoughtful in his killing, though, than the It in It Follows. Such so as, like, you know, he plays around with his victims a lot. And he didn't kill Tina in that first dream that we saw at the beginning of this movie. He waited till like the second or third night of it. Um, I think he just really likes messing with his victims before the actual kill. He, yeah, he, he does. But he also isn't trying to hide that he kills. Um, it felt like Obviously. that a little bit. But then like... You know, in the in the doctor's office scene, right? You know, when she's able to grab his hat, you would think that he would. I, I don't know if he just, you know, in the in the canon, doesn't have like a connection with this world to be able to tell, like, oh, she's being watched right now. I'm gonna leave her alone just to fuck with her. You know what I mean? Like, that right. would have been kind of interesting. Although I hate those. Uh, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I'm the only one who knows what's going on. In movies, so I'm glad it didn't really go that way. It kind of went that way. Uh, a little bit, but not. It it didn't it didn't do it too much to where I was like, this sucks. So I appreciated that part. Um, it's also interesting because of the um, because of the nature of this. This movie has like it can only be over a few days. Like it's structured to where it can only last. You know, I think they, she said the Guinness World Record was eleven days. I'm pretty sure it's eleven days because the guy died and didn't make it to the twelfth day. Like the eleven days for not sleeping, and so she was on day seven when this movie sort of comes to its its end right um so it's like there is like a definite 
period that this can last, which I think is kind of a, it's a cool, like, it makes the movie kind of contained. Yes. Um, I know that there's a lot of, let's say lore, lore isn't the right word, but in the, in the subsequent like sequels and the third one and the fourth one and stuff like that, there are loopholes to, okay, I'm going to not sleep. And then are you like lucid dreaming or are you sleepwalking? Are you sleeping with your eyes open or like different shit like that? They like to explore like that. What did you think about the doctor and the mom while she was going under the sleep uh, test thing? And she's like, what is a dream? And the doctor's like, we don't even know. I'm going to turn and be like, why the fuck are we here? Then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I don't understand why we needed him. I kept thinking like, oh, the dream's starting now. The dream's starting now. He's like, all right. Her eyes are closed. She started going to sleep. I was like, okay. Now she's going into deep sleep. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Now she's going into REM. I was like, oh, all right, I guess. And oh, now it looks like she might start. I was like, finally, like, why did I didn't need any of that? <laughs> cut all that out and be like, oh, she's starting to dream. Like, yeah, I, I did like the, uh, she's like, oh, if she needs to stay between like, if she's at a three to five, then like something bad's happening. And then like the number highlighted is like a seven. He's like, oh, fuck, let's get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was pretty funny too. There's a bunch of numbers on a computer screen that mean nothing, but just the highlighted seven. We're like, oh God. <laughs> um, which I guess is for the technology of that we couldn't have like a, the losers where like the big number pops up. So everyone knows what it is. You, you kind of had to look for it a little bit. Um, um, so she wakes up and she steals um, the hat and she has a couple cuts on her. And then she comes to the conclusion, if I can take things out of the dream i can take him out of the dream which i thought this movie was going in a different direction because i thought she was going to be like well if i can take the hat out of the dream i can bring a fucking gun in the dream <laughs> which i thought would have been a much cooler movie short movie we're gonna do a short film a short film this is a short uh, film i'm sure we'll have no ip issues yeah uh, i um I, I thought she, I thought immediately she was going to try and bring him out. I guess I don't. I, maybe I didn't even know it. I I, I just kind of let it. I didn't have a thought of her bringing in an Uzi. Would have been funny though. That that would be like that'd be a good like scary movie. That would have been a good scary movie <laughs> sketch. I did also think when that happened, when the hat thing happened, I was like, what the fuck could the doctor and the mom possibly think? And then obviously the mom's got her own shit going on for why she's like, like denying this. Well, um, but real quick, there is a, like a huge scene we skipped. I want to oh, go back to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Glenn comes over and he's talking about how, oh, Rod obviously killed her. And then at this point, we, Glenn hasn't had any of these nightmares. Glenn's just being left completely alone. Um, and then, like, you know at this point in the movie, too, that Glenn is going to die because she asks him to stand guard. And he's just like, yeah, sure, baby, I got it. And then immediately falls asleep and, like, completely fucks her over. And you're like, all right, you have to die. I think we also know that Glenn's going to die because it's, incredibly famous that everyone knows that Johnny Depp dies in this movie. I mean, I assumed he died, but I didn't famously know he died in this movie. I feel like, I feel like everyone, I, I, everyone that I've ever talked to about this movie, even me, who's never seen this movie knew that he was going to die. Although I was told that he dies in like the first five minutes of this movie. 
So surprise, surprise to me that he almost lasted the entirety of this film. Yeah, he's almost like the he's almost like the climax of the movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, but here's actually, I'm glad we backed up because here's the part that I wanted to talk to you about where is it a dream? Is it not a dream? She's like, hey, I need you to do something for me. And we find out that it's guarding um, guarding her while she slept to go try to find Freddy. And here's where it does not make a lick of fucking sense. Glenn, are you still watching? Huh? Glenn, are you still watching? Glenn, are you still watching? And he fucking pops out of the bushes and he's like, yeah, I'm right here. And then he pops back in the bushes and I was like, wait, is this not a dream? I'm so confused at that point. So what I, when I saw him pop out, I was like, oh, fuck, he's asleep too. That's why he's in there. Yeah, but then why isn't she like alerted to that? She's an idiot anyway. Why would she like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, but when I saw him, I was like, oh, does that mean he's, he, that means he's got to be asleep. Yeah, th- th- there's, this isn't the part that I had a problem with about the dream stuff, but this is, this is definitely like fast and loose with the rules. Fast and loose with the rules is when Rod is asleep and somehow Freddy can hang him using the bed sheets. That's fast and loose with the rules. Why? Because up till that point, Freddy can kill someone but be invisible while doing it. But his knives are part of his hand, right? So he stabs Tina multiple times. I understand that. But to physically start moving like objects like bed sheets around someone's neck up the jail cell, that is fast and loose with the rules to me. Yeah, but that does like, and that happens before, does that happen before or after the doctor scene? That happens, that happens before the doctor scene. Yes. So that is a little bit of like, oh, I, you know, she's like, I can pull something out of this world. And it's like, oh, well, we've already shown that Freddie can use stuff in your world. So that kind of further makes sense. Yeah. Because up to that point, you know, he's chasing Tina down the alleyway, chasing uh, Nancy in the boiler room. He's scratching things. He's breaking things, but you don't know if he's like actually breaking those things in the real world, or he's breaking those things in the dream world that the people who are dreaming are imagining what the real world is like. You know? Right, absolutely. And then so she, Nancy also in this dream, she went and saw Rod and Freddie's like about to kill Rod. But then he kind of sees her and then she looks back down, Freddie's gone, she's like, oh fuck, I gotta get out of here. And then she looks and behind then, her and Tina's there again. Yeah, and that's, this is the scene where we see Tina's face on Freddie's face and the, her like getting upstairs. The, the, all of the Tina stuff is like super gross and like very effective as far as like the gory and like horror elements of it. My favorite part of the scene is where she wakes up and um, fucking Glenn's asleep and she wakes Glenn up and she's like, hey, motherfucker, I, I asked you to do one simple fucking thing and you couldn't even do that. And she hits him. Yeah, yeah. The only reason she survived is because of the alarm clock, which means she didn't trust Glenn, which is why she didn't sleep with Glenn in the beginning of the movie because Glenn can't be trusted. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and then immediately they run to go see Rod and like she tries to convince her dad and her dad's like finally and if they'd gotten there what five seconds earlier they would have saved rod's life although like 
the thing is, as soon as Rod's captured and everyone thinks he killed Tina, Rod has to die. Well, of course. Um, although it takes a good, like, maybe two or three minutes for someone to hang themselves and, um, like, die from that. And I like how just immediately Rod dies. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, he did not handle that very well. And then what I also find fascinating after that is then, like, Nancy, her mom, her dad all go to Rod's funeral. Rod's parents look exactly the way Rod's parents would look. Right. Uh, but I was like, why the fuck did they all go to this funeral of this, like, murderer? To pay their respects. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I mean, would, would that... Would that signify that he didn't kill them? That they believe that he didn't kill Tina? I don't know. Because that's why I, that's why I was confused. Like when the when her dad and them were running into the jail cell. Did they witness the fucking bed sheets tie themselves up, or did no. they just assume he just killed himself? I think they assumed he hung himself. <sighs> I guess. Then you're right. I don't know why they showed up at the murderer's funeral. Um, and then she, this is interesting too, because she describes she describes exactly what Freddie looks like to her parents, and her parents like share a look, and it's like, oh, they both know who this Freddie is, which we never get that that the dad was sort of involved with the killing of Freddie, but it's I guess it's kind of obvious because she helped and they were married. Maybe that's why they got divorced, is because they murdered a guy. Hmm. Although it seemed like it happened way before they had Nancy. Yeah, right. And Glenn's parents, I think they were probably involved too, but they seem fine. <laughs> They're just like, oh, fucking killed that guy. Who cares? <laughs> um, okay, so now we already talked about the sleep study. She pulls the hat out of the dream. And what's interesting, what's funny about that is I love how Freddy Krueger is like a, a five-year-old who has to like write his name in his clothing in case it gets misplaced well i mean if you think about it though he could lose it in the dream world or he could lose it in the real world and it's like you know he's gotta fucking like make sure he finds it i also like how we don't actually see the words fred krueger written in the hat and i'm like is it like is it freddy krueger is it f krueger is it fred k like <laughs> yeah <laughs> the entire I think it has to be it has to be all spelled out because otherwise, like, how would how she would, know the name? Yeah. How would the daughter know? That's hilarious um, to me, though, now that he has to spell out his entire name within his article of clothing. And this whole time, the mom is like continuously saying that Nancy is crazy. And then the mom admits that she knows who Freddy Krueger is and that he's dead. Right. And Nancy's just like, this is when she really gets mad. She's like, you fucking knew this was a real person <laughs> and you've been acting like I made all of this up? <laughs> yeah. it just walks out um yeah and then uh one of my favorite scenes and this is this is where i give the movie a lot of kudos where now we really flesh out the backstory of freddy krueger tying into this whole thing um where her mom as she comes home her mom's like having a drink or a smoke or whatever whatever moms do in the 80s and She's like, if you want to know the story, come down to the basement with me. 
And at that point, I thought the mom was Freddy. Did you at any, especially when like every other sentence, she's like, and mommy took care of him, baby. And mommy took care of him real good. I was like, this is such weird syntax for a character. Uh, it seems like porno writing, honestly. I, um, yeah, I thought that was all weird. I, you did skip that uh, Glenn talking about Balinese dreaming and dream skills, oh, which yeah, is literally, I... it's just a scene put in the middle to like her leaving the house and then her coming back and there's bars on the window, windows. But it's also, I guess, to set up the end about how she can like, defeat freddy in air quotes but then not really because that's my problem with the ending um but yeah yeah the whole the whole basement thing is creepy especially after coming in and, and the entire house is like barred up with like the first of all first of all did was this already planned how did she get that done she clearly didn't do that on her own look this is how you get it done you go to the store and you buy all the bars you get them measured you hire a contractor the contractor comes over he ties he, he nails all the bars to your windows and this all happens in a matter of three or four hours i guess i mean this mom is crazy enough to do it because apparently there was a, a mix-up on some paperwork freddie went free and then she helped murder him so i gotta say mom's down she uh so Here's the part, right? She goes to the basement. She explains to her daughter that Freddy Krueger is a child murderer. He killed over 20 kids in the neighborhood. The people of the neighborhood had enough. Paperwork didn't get signed. He got away off of bail or whatever. So the citizens of the neighborhood took it upon themselves to track him down and burn him alive. And that's how we have Freddy Krueger reacting of uh, revenge on the kids of the people who murdered them at the town. But... Which is never really spelled out, but, but it's exactly like, it's, it's what happened. The Simpsons explained it a lot better. Okay, I'm glad. My point is, is that my favorite part of this whole thing is she reveals that she has his knife gloves. Yeah, that's like serial killer stuff, like keeping a memento of your, of your kill. Yeah, dude. And how, like, does it, how, is it how is it imperfect? How is it in perfect condition if you burned him alive? Oh, my God. I was so ready for Nancy to put them on and to go, like, toe-to-toe with Freddy Krueger. Jamie Lee Curtis would have done that. Dude, she becomes the new Freddy. She wears the red and green sweater. I was. She puts on the hat? I was down for that. That's the porno, for sure. How is that the porno? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, fine. The hat? That's the porno. Um, so after this, Nancy puts her plan into, into motion to, to get Freddie in her dream. Except she's like, all right, Glenn, I need you to meet me over here at midnight on my porch, right? But then everything comes in between that. Glenn falls asleep. His mom wakes him up. Nancy's mom comes. I love the scene of Nancy's com- mom, mom coming in, taking all of the coffee cups and the coffee maker and Nancy, immediately after the door closes, pulls a plugged-in coffee maker from, like, under her bed with, like, coffee brewing. Yes. Uh, that's, like, an SNL sketch. And then she's, like, drinking coffee as she's standing, as she's, like, looking out the window. And then Glenn's dad, who we've never met before, is drinking a beer. And then, like, that fucking girl's crazy. I want Glenn to stay away from her from now on. And then Nancy, Nancy gets a call. This is the part. This is the part where the dream world doesn't make sense to me. Nancy gets a call from Freddy Krueger 
when Glenn doesn't answer, mm-hmm. right? She calls Glenn. Glenn doesn't answer. The dad answers and is like, don't fucking call back here. And then the dad pulls the phone off the hook. The dad's motivations here are weird. Um, I think Glenn could have taken care of himself against Nancy. Freddy Krueger, not so much. But then she gets another call after the phone has been ripped out of the wall and a tongue like reaches through the receiver and licks her face. I'm your boyfriend now. How did that? She's not asleep. Or is she? Well, I guess she could have been asleep for this entire thing is what the end of the movie maybe leads you to believe. But maybe this is this is like the first movie that does simulation theory. <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing's a dream. But I think what I got, let me explain. What I got from that point, because when he was killing, when Freddie was killing Tina, no one was asleep, right? Like Rod wasn't asleep. Rod was awake, yet he was witnessing all of this. So maybe just someone has to be asleep in the vicinity for Freddie to be able to like come out of the dream world to fuck with stuff. And at that point, Glenn was asleep, right? I buy it. It's funny, though, as you said that sometimes uh, Freddie likes to fuck with people. And in this case, he's fucking with Nancy by immediately killing Glenn. Because Glenn has not really let it be known that he's had any dreams before with Freddie. Although in the Balinese dreaming scene, he does say that he hasn't been dream He hasn't been sleeping as much, which leads you to believe that he's been having bad dreams, too. Yeah, I don't think there's some sort of backstory lore on this, but Glenn dies, um, which is also done in a in a pretty cool way. Um, another, so this is how they must have done it. They turn the room upside down, and everything that made it to look not upside down, like there's a there's a a, a tie, like a dress tie around Glenn's bedpost, and if the room was upside down, the tie would be like flipped over hanging but they obviously like glued the tie so it wouldn't do that same with the posters same with like the hat on the wall like they did such a good job and like when they flipped this room upside down making sure nothing looked out of place and then when they ran the the blood hose from the bed that looked amazing coming out of there it did I don't know if you're right about how they did it, but it, did, it was a crazy scene and it was done very well. Um, and I love the line afterwards, forget the stretcher, we need a mop. Yeah. Also, the, like, the half, a, half a second scene right before this where Nancy tries to get out and her mom completely shit-faced, just like, I locked everything. <laughs> you can't get out. And she's like, give me the keys. She's like, I don't know where the keys are. <laughs> Uh, which which Suck involves <laughs> which involves her having to break all the windows. And this is the part. Okay, so she calls her dad and she's like, Dad, I need you to come to the house in 30 minutes. Um 20. 20? Okay. I need you to get to the house in 20 minutes. Uh I'm going to sleep and I'm gonna find Freddy Krueger. And <laughs> the dad's like Ah, yes, that's what I've been trying to tell you. And I was like, oh my God, what? He's he's trying to tell her like to get fucking Freddy Krueger? He's like, that's what I've been trying to tell you, darling. You get some sleep. You're beat. You're beat, kid. Yeah, and she's like, no, no, no. I, I'm going to go in the dream and I'm going to get Freddy Krueger and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to get him. 
yeah, sleep, go to sleep. You need sleep. I'm like, is everyone fucking dense in this movie? That's when I was getting super irritated. I don't listen. If you're, if you were the dad in this, you're not going to believe that some supernatural dream human being is, is killing, you know, kids. All right. He has no, he has no, there is a child in 1 billion smoothie pieces. It's really just all liquid. It's one liquid. Okay. It's one liquid. It's one giant human smoothie up there. What else am I supposed to think at this point? Not, not Freddy Krueger dream serial killer. Not yet. Um, here is one thing that's curious to me, and they could have picked any time, but she says to her dad, dad, come over in 20 minutes, be at the house at exactly 1230, right? Yeah. When Glenn was woken up by his mom the first time he fell asleep, his alarm clock said 1142. Yeah. So she's on the phone with her dad at 1210. So in that time, she had the conversation with Freddie. Glenn fell back asleep. Glenn gets turned into a smoothie and the cops, all these like 40 cops and ambulance people show up in a matter of 28 minutes. Yeah. Don't buy it. I buy I, that. That's the most realistic thing in this next 20 minutes of this movie left. 28 minutes. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I don't, what I don't buy is all this shit happening. Her boyfriend is turned into a smoothie. She home alones her fucking house, <laughs> right? Yes. And here's, here's the fucked up part, okay? She's able to force herself to go to sleep in 10 minutes. No way. Like, dude, I could take a fucking Ambien, a hot glass of milk, and I would still have trouble falling asleep in 10 minutes. Well, she hasn't slept in seven days, but she also has been taking, like, anti-sleep medication the entire time and, and she just she just took one and just down some coffee in the last 20 minutes too so yeah i don't know i, I mean, mean but fucking again, some asmr shit or something to put her to sleep she's probably slept a total of like two hours in the last seven days um so yeah i don't i don't have <laughs> the the amount of stuff she put into place all over her house alone would have taken more than the 20 minutes yeah that's true too i love okay so she puts like a um we, we don't see everything she puts on it when she's setting it up but we see at least like a, a trip wire booby trap and then she puts a sledgehammer and trip wires that when the door opens and the sledgehammer falls down. yeah we see the two things that work <laughs> yes but what i'm what i'm getting at is that somehow she goes in her dream. She sets her watch. All this happens. And then she brings Freddy Krueger in from the dream world to the, real, to the real world. And I like how she wakes up at first and she's like, oh, I am crazy. And he fucking pops up behind her in the bed. Yeah, I was about to say, like, the way they do it is cool because she – goes through this whole thing she's looking for him she calls out she hears like the voices of you know she finds things that glenn owns she things that rod owned like she hears tina she hears glenn and then she finally gets him and he starts chasing her and then as like the time is running out she's like my alarm's gonna go off she sees him and just like lunges at him and grabs him like i got you motherfucker yeah 
And then when she wakes up, she's like, oh, my God, he's not here. I am crazy. And then him popping up, it was kind of unexpected to me. Like, no, it, I thought it, it was sort good. Of, I thought it was it good. It was. It had to happen. But I was like, oh, wow, that's really well done. That, was was, like, that, that part was really cool. What was really unexpected to me is that I guess if you force pull him into the reality world, he loses all of his supernatural powers. And the funniest fucking thing is him getting beat the fuck up by this small teenage girl. And he's supposed to be like this like supernatural entity that like, you know, fucking shreds people to pieces in the dream world. But he gets hit by a sledgehammer, falls down the steps, steps on. And now here comes the tripwire thing, which I did not expect that tripwire to like explode. Yeah. And then chases her downstairs and gets lit on fire, which has to be some PTSD for him. Because he was like, no, no, please don't. <laughs> um, before that happens, before he before they go down to the basement and and he, she lights him on fire, um, she breaks the window and calls out to the deputy. She's like, "Get my dad! Get my dad! I have him! I have the killer!" And you know, I'm I have him trapped, and you have to get my dad. This fucking dude's like, "It's okay. It's all. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right." And she does it a second time. After which the tripwire already went off. So there was like an explosion in the house. She breaks another window screaming for her dad. And the deputy then is like, hmm, maybe I should get the sheriff. Even after that, get my dad, you asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, he's, he's very funny. He reminds me of the uh, scary movie version of David Arquette from Scream. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and the dad finally comes up over and you are looking for him and then you see like the fire footprints everywhere, right? Because he was burned in the attic and you're like, oh shit. And she meets like mom, right? Yeah. And that whole part is so crazy. Like you pull off the sheet and the like the mom's just skeleton is there. She's basically burned alive in the bed. Right. Um, that she was goes, really she goes to the underworld. Yeah, the dream world, I guess. Um, and I thought, oh, that's a pretty interesting ending. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Before we get there, can we talk about how the dad just like watches that whole thing happen? And then the deputy comes up behind him and he's like, we got the fire out. And the dad's like, oh, okay, let me check that out. No, no, that's not what was happening. He, I think the, so the, he had finally realized, all right, crazy shit's going on. But he, like his daughter, was like, we can't let other people know about this. So oh, he's so like, he closes the door. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's shooing the deputy out of there. So then she closes the door. Freddie comes back and all these flashbacks of like her mom saying, you always try and take things head on. Sometimes you have to turn away. And Glenn like, oh, you know, these Balinese people, they like turn away from monsters. And she's like, well, what happens if they don't turn away? She's like, oh, they don't come out of their dreams. So she turns away from Freddie and she's like, I'm turning away from you and this makes, and I want my mom and friends back and you lose all your power. And then he just seems to like digitally explode, right? As he tries to attack her and you're like, sure. Oh, that's interesting too. Not what I expected. Right. And then the next scene with the mom coming out doors and like, it's clearly a dream. It's lit so differently. 
there's this fog with which they address as fog, right? Yeah, because Glenn Glenn pulls up in his like red convertible and he like talks to the mom and he's like, Oh, this this fog we're having today. Weird, right? <laughs> and the mom is like, Yeah, weird. And then, then the convertible gets... top comes down. Yeah, she gets in the Freddy Krueger car. Dude, the convertible top coming down and it's green and red striped, I thought was really cool. It is. And then the mom gets pulled through the door. And when she tells Freddie, like, oh, you know, I want my mom and friends back. She says this, I know that this whole thing has been a dream. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then, so it's just like the ending's confusing. Because it's like, if you're actually trying to figure out, like, what happened in this movie... Was the whole thing a dream? And now, like, this part's still a dream? Is she still in the dream? Or did, she, did her mom actually die the first time? Or is she dying the second time? Like, what, what happened here? I have no idea. I, I, you're asking me? That's why I don't like it. I just, it's a very inconclusive to me. Like, it ended three times. I liked the first ending. I thought the second ending was pretty good. And then the third ending, I'm like, that's cool. But, like, what, what does this all mean, Basil? Fun, fun fact. You know how they got the mom through the tiny window in the door? She did a lot of Pilates? Yeah. No, it was a doll. It was like a sex doll. Ah, makes sense. And they pulled her through real fucking quick. Can you imagine the prop guy that had to go to different sex stores to find a sex doll that looks like the no, mom? She's like, he goes to like five, six sex shops and he's like, I just, I'm just going to build one. And it goes missing later. They're like, what? Where's that prop? Uh, I guess it's just where's where's Freddy (laughs) Krueger? Yeah, I mean, like this overall, there's like so many great parts of this movie. And then there's a third ending. And I'm just like, I'm so confused about it. And it doesn't, you know, it's whatever. The the movie's pretty great. I did like the uh, the symmetry between the way like Halloween ends and the way this ends. You know, Halloween's like this, there's this street where there's like Michael Myers just going after this house and then this house. Right. And this is kind of a similar thing. Michael, uh, Freddie Krueger like takes out Glenn and then like, you know, comes across the street to get her basically, you know, but it's in the dream world. So like the feel of it was very similar. I just, you know, obviously I preferred Halloween a little bit. Halloween ends in, in a way where you think Jamie Lee Curtis has killed Michael Myers. Um, and yet when you go and double take back, you know, when, when you look back, he's gone. So there's this looming presence that he's still out there somewhere. What's interesting about this ending, though, is that when you think the movie is over and she's defeated Freddy, basically, for me, it ends that Freddy wins and everyone's dead. Like, everyone... The mom, Glenn, Rod, Tina, and even Nancy is trapped in this like hellish dream world forever. Um, so I thought that was that was a different feel to the ending that probably 1980s didn't have much of for horror. Right. No. Yeah, I, and I can agree with that. I um, I just didn't like it. I mean, and the fact that the sequels, you know, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, the sixth one, blah, 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 blah. 
just keeps getting sillier and sillier and sillier. I don't think this one was ever meant to take even the tiniest bit seriously. No, I mean, the fact that you have a Freddy Krueger-shaped car, right? Right. Um, and she does end up, she's in the third one. She's not in the second one. She's in the third one, Nancy. And then there's one, this interesting one, which I don't know that I want to watch, but it's called New Nightmare. Okay. And Nancy plays, the Nan- Nancy's real name, because we should have been saying it, is Heather Langenkamp. Oh, yeah, we, she, that just rolls off the tongue. We could have called her Heather. But anyway, she kind of plays herself, and it's like a, it's almost like a Freddy Krueger is real. T- a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather play the part of Nancy one last time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? So it's like a real-life thing. I think That Wes might be Craven, fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Wes Craven's actually in it. It looked like from the trailer he was. Yeah, he's in it uh robert england who plays freddy krueger is in it as himself like so it's it's like this interesting thing that fourth wall thing yeah that i never really heard about and it came out in 94 um i was like seven so i didn't i was two um what am you young what would what would be cool is if we did that you know what i want to do i know we've already kind of tied ourselves with last year doing halloween introducing this one with um this Halloween season with a nightmare, I was going to say a nightmare before Christmas, a nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I would like to do next year, Friday the 13th. And then maybe we can even do Jason versus Freddy. I want to do the one where Jason's in space. I think that one's Jason X, isn't it? Probably. I don't actually want to do it. It oh. looks horrible. It is bad. No, but I think I think it would be cool if we did, because you know these movies started like combining each other, um, starting with Jason versus Freddy, which would be now that we've seen this one and knowing what we know about Freddy, that could be cool. Potentially, that'll be that'll be spooky season number four, though. When we get to that episode five hundred. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And I'm David. And we finally watched A Nightmare, a Nightmare on, on Elm Street. Before, on Elm Street.